Have you ever looked around your business and thought to yourself, is this it? Are you making money, but yet you want more? Or maybe you have ideas in your head, but you're just not sure how to develop them into a revenue stream. Welcome to the Caged Vision Podcast with Carrie Roan and Lisa Beck, where we help you unlock your business potential and scale your business beyond trading time for money. Each week, you'll hear ideas, interviews, and case studies of others who, like you, are subject matter experts and want more from their business. Let's do this. Carrie Rome and Lisa Beck. We're back for another week of the Caged Vision podcast. We're talking about fight or flight. We're talking about your employees. We're talking about you scratching your head, leaving a conference room saying, what in the heck just happened? Because I thought we were all on the same page. And all of a sudden, Georgie here decides to get hostile with me. What happened? And then Sally over here, she just shut down on me. How'd that happen? And you just go back in your office and you call a friend and you gripe a little bit as a business leader. And then you look up and you're halfway through the year feeling like Bon Jovi because you're living on a prayer. That was last week. You are going to just keep bringing that one up because yeah, it's one know. of your favorites. Yeah. Anyway, it? you're thinking, how could I have done it any better? Well, that's what this podcast is about. Exactly what this podcast Sorry is about. Sorry for the super and long introduction. From the super long introduction, I'm thinking you've experienced this a time or two. Yeah, I have. We're not immune to it internally and with clients. A lot. A lot with clients. A lot. Because this is what we do. We help them create a clear path to building the business that they want. That came off a little Cajun, didn't it? That they want. But I like it when you get your Cajun on. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Especially when you get close to salt water. Is that it? It just immediately turns on? It just, yes. Uh, Yes. We'll have to record a podcast at the beach then. And the core's light in my hand and it's over. Ooh, I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. Interesting. We'll have to record a There's podcast a at the yeah. beach. There you go. But let's get back to fight or flight. Okay. Yes. Because we do do that. And that is something that businesses, unfortunately, struggle with. We struggle with it. But what is it? And why does it happen? The scientific name is it's an acute stress response that mm. happens when you're faced with something terrifying. There's a progression here, and it's a pretty simple progression. The outcome is what we're experiencing, but there's a progression along the way. So why don't you walk us through that simple progression? It is quite simple. When people are faced with something new, which means it's probably unknown to them, it makes them a little uncertain. And when one is feeling uncertain, one becomes threatened because it threatens what they know to be true. So you're telling them that what they know to be true is going to change a little bit. And then what happens? Oh my gosh. Fear. Instantaneous fear. Which is? Fight or flight. No. Oh, oh basic needs. No. That addresses her. Oh, false evidence appearing real. Yes. Sorry. You. I didn't know yes. you wanted the acronym. I was to give you a, a layup. You I mean, did. A, a softball or whatever. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Right. So, point is, it's something new. You don't quite understand, so it's false evidence. Yes. But in your head... It appears real. It appears real. And so, under attack. What's under attack? Your most basic needs. So, here's a newsflash to you business leaders. Believe it or not, the single most compelling reason, the single reason that your employees show up for work every day is not for your coffee. It's not for the free donuts. Wait, somebody gives away free donuts? Not us. Okay. 
It's not for the free peanut butter crackers, whatever we get. It's not for the swanky offices that you have. It's not for the perks. It's for their most basic needs. I mean, basic, like caveman type. Food and shelter. Here's the test. Give them unlimited budget for any food they want and unlimited budget for any house they want and see if they come back. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, George just said I'd George be gone. George says yeah. he'd be gone. <laughs> George be gone. Because George is like, does that include Xbox? <laughs> you know, he's going to start negotiating. And Doritos? What do I get with it? What do you get with what it? perks do I get with that salary? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, you know that guy on ESPN, the camera guy from the game day show? Yeah, yeah. You're him for us. Oh, my gosh, we got to start is. incorporating him in the show. We do. He's a funny guy. He's got a good laugh, too. We'll get signs for him. Yes. We'll have to, yeah. Okay. This is awesome. Moving on. So, anyway, believe it or not, business leaders, they come to work just to get a little food and some shelter. So, when something gets newly introduced and they get uncertain because it's unknown and they get threatened and then fear, what you experience when you walked out the conference room scratching your head when you thought you were on the same page, is fight or flight. And fight or flight, as I'm confident most of our audience or all of our audience has heard of this before, this instinctive reaction to something when they feel threatened. Yeah. And the fight is it raises your blood pressure. It makes your heart race. It makes your palms sweat. And the fighters are instantaneously going to be defensive and be like, what? What do you mean? How is this going to work? And it's not going to work. And maybe, maybe. Or sometimes we've witnessed where early on they go quiet. And then after the first break, they're ready to fight. Whereas the other scenario, flight, they seem to be bought in early on. And then they shut down afterwards when they start to realize, wait, how's this going to impact me? What about what I do? Maybe I should just protect everything and not share anything. If I'm the only person that knows how to do it, then that means I'm valuable. And then, that's the psychology they go through. Ooh, talking about psychology, Northwestern Life Insurance Company did oh, okay. a study on stress in the workplace and how stress impacts employees. And one of the things they found was that 40% of employees say that they feel stressed or extremely stressed all the time. All the time. All the time. Not Which, even when you introduce your new strategy and when you start to think about your new strategy in the fall. None of that. We're talking daily. Daily, which means they have a heightened sense of fight or flight. So they're constantly on the defensive or they're constantly hoarding their work because they live in an environment where they feel threatened every day, even if it's not realistic. You know what? I don't have any real data to back this up, but I'm going to go ahead and say that oh, I think man. that is directly equivalent to 40% of all drivers have road rage, at least. I was going to say, gosh, drivers with road rage, I'd say it's more like 90% well, of drivers have it, road think rage. About it, listeners, if you have a bad day at work, how does your drive home go? You carry the stress because it takes a while to wear off, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, the studies have shown, you know, 60 minutes that you stay in this heightened sense of high blood pressure and sweaty palms and salivating and all of that that goes with the fight or flight stress response. I'm getting stressed talking about this. I'm getting stressed talking <laughs> about this. No, no, no. We have solutions coming. We do have solutions coming. 
for the business leader, as you go in, you start to think about planning and why didn't we get done what we needed to get done? Everything we preach is about building your business and you know you have to grow or you die, period. You know that. So it seems like a very logical conversation to talk about growth. We get it. The thing is, and everything we teach in our workshops and everything we talk about with clients is they have to have a clear path that eases the stress. Because I bet as soon as we started talking about this fight or flight thing, whether they called it that, as we describe the anger of the employees that just get irritated or the ones that shut down, they're like, oh my gosh, that's what was happening. They went back to a moment and then fast forward from that moment where you are to the results that you wanted six months later. How'd you do? You've got to develop a path for them. So let's talk about how we're going to help these business owners overcome fight or flight. Because that's what we do. We help. That's what we do. We're helpers. That's all we're doing. We are. We're helpers. Yes. I like being a helper. So you have to develop organizational empathy. I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. Okay, just hold on. on. I'm not talking about kumbaya and s'mores over a campfire. That is not what I'm talking about. Well, it sounds like it. Why do you have to use those words? Why can't you just say it plainly? I think that is pretty plain. Organizational empathy. If I'm a business leader, how in the H-E-L-L, what do they call them? Hockey stick things? Hockey sticks. Yeah. All right, I'm a business owner between 2.5 okay, million and 15 for million employees. in revenue. And you're saying organizational empathy. And I'm looking at you like, woman, for real? <laughs> By the way, we're probably never getting any business from any HR department ever. 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 Well, if they met us and saw our disc profiles, yeah. they would never let us within Can five Can you get fired feet. before you're hired? <laughs> Yes, there is absolutely no way. (laughs) Anyway, throw up starting to go down a little bit. Okay, good. I'm glad you're relaxing about that now. But what about... That's a gross term. Give me something different. uh, If we help our employees understand, so we have... Understand what? Feeling for our employees that they don't understand. And I think that's the bottom line. And we talked about this a little last week, right? You got to keep it simple because of the curse of knowledge. You got to keep the main thing, the main thing, because Uh, your employees don't understand that you've done research for six months or a year and you've looked at all the numbers and you've developed all the spreadsheets and the plans. They don't know that. Okay. You've probably spoken to a certain audience. Let me speak to the other audience that I think is a business owner that's probably like, hey, business owner, business leader, you need to get things done. In order to do that, you need to get your team rallied around you. Therefore, we got a new path for you to ease the conversation. See, I just said the same thing you did. I just didn't say it in a you soft, did not. way. I did not say it in some soft HR way. We're <laughs> supposed to be giving solutions. The yes. solution is keep it simple. Keep the main thing, the main keep thing. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Because there's this thing that we've referenced in the past. Curse of knowledge. The curse of knowledge, which we'll go back over. Because you may not have listened to that episode. If not, go back and find it and give us a five-star rating. Did you really just say that? Why would I not? Yeah, we need them. Okay. Anyway, here's the thing. Curse knowledge is if you're a business leader, your job is to think 12, 18, 24 months down the road. And so you have all these inputs. You may have a consultant that you hire. You may have books that you read. You may go to conferences. You may listen to podcasts. 
Maybe not this one after just this one. episode. No, no, no. They're going to listen. Anyway, you've been doing this. You've been focusing this. Meanwhile, your team's there fighting the daily fire to keep the thing running that you've built. And then all of a sudden, you come blasting in and you use big words because it makes you sound smart, which I try not to do. And I do it pretty well. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think I do that. And that may be the best thing that I do is not sound smart. Is not sound smart yeah. or not use big words. Both. Two different things. Well, both. <laughs> anyway, so remember that you've been studying this topic for a long time and you're going to try to communicate it to them in like an hour sometimes or even worse over a PowerPoint. So keep it simple. Find the main thing. Kind of hard sometimes. Keep the main thing the main thing. Right. All right. We're covered number one. Whew. That was hard. Well, that's because you started with organizational empathy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two, positive contact. You have to frame things in a positive light. And I think that that is really important. They have to understand where the company is going in a way that reflects as a positive outcome to them, not yeah. just to What's the company, it mean to me? but what does it mean to them? Yeah. They did this study in Germany, and the impact of the study was if before organizational change or before challenging, difficult conversations or things that might evoke fight or flight, there was positive communication with the individual, positive interaction, that it lessened the severity of fight or flight, and it lessened the degree to which the people actually responded that way. So positive Activity is okay. important. So for all of you who are like me, and that was way too academic for you, I'm giving Lisa a hard time today. Dad, no, Carrie. To say it maybe a little bit more simply, one way to do that is to say, hey, do you remember last year? We weren't doing any of the things that we've done in the last 12 months. In fact, all this was new and it was a little scary. But look how much we've accomplished. That's an example of positivity. I think that's a great example. Okay. I'm just giving you a hard time. I know you are. It's okay. fine. It I'm really glad we're is. on it's... mics and not camera because I'm getting dark. <laughs> throwing at me. All right, let's keep going. So positivity, go back, rewind, talk about the past successes, and that'll help build to the future. Yes, right? yes, okay. it will. All right, number three. We are going to ask three questions to get them on board. Yes. I like how you phrase this because you go into it with them and say, Hey guys, I've been looking at this for a while. I've done some research. I've evaluated the situation, but now I really want your input on it. Yeah. And you go through three questions. I think that really makes a huge difference to getting a team to understand what the main thing needs to be. Yes. Before you go down a new path. This really works so, so well. Engage them with three questions. You tee up those three questions with, you know what? Before we go down anything new, let's just level set where we are now. What you may find is that where you thought you needed to go, you're not even ready to go there because there's some things that you need to address before you get started. So the three questions, Lisa. The first one is, what is the problem we are solving? What is the main thing? You may find that your team can't really answer the problem that you're solving. Typically, when we do these workshops, people have different answers, yeah. which always surprises the and team difference lead. Okay. Difference okay, as long as they're saying the same thing. 
but different when you're talking about completely different problems. Well, it's a problem. Oftentimes it is a problem. The next question is, who are we solving the problem for? Which again, if you're getting different answers on what the problem is that you're solving, there are times when you get different answers on who you're solving who the problem you're solving for. the problem for. And that will make sales and marketing pretty hard. Definitely. Yes. And there are times that sales thinks they're solving the problem for one person and marketing thinks they're solving it for another. Yes. Meanwhile, the rest of the team's working on a completely different group. <laughs> exactly. And the last one, Lisa... <laughs> Is the problem we're solving big enough? This is my favorite question. I love it when we're in a group setting and you ask this question because people just look at you. And we asked the first two and it could be like an hour and they've answered two questions. They feel so good about it, right? And then because you're about to take them on a journey of the next 12 to 18 months and you say, is the problem we're solving big enough? What does that do for them? It blows their minds. And it opens their minds to maybe we need to think about solving a bigger problem. Which then typically supports the leader, the team lead or the business owner, because that's what we really want them to do is to begin to see a bigger picture. Yes, man. This is a good one. George has not thrown anything at me and he's not going to fight me. I think he's good. Did he eat something in the meantime? I don't know. He may be, yeah. I grabbed some hazelnuts. Some hazelnuts. Very good. Well, listen, if you want encouragement and confidence in building your business, keep listening. If you want to move faster and if you want to learn about all this stuff we're talking about, we've actually decided to put on a workshop. We have. I'm so excited. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, because we have these three things on our website, which is, hey, go learn how to do it by yourself if you're a self-study person. And then there's some people like, you know what, just show me how to do it and I'll take it from here. We got a workshop for you. Our clients all the time say, hey, come internally and do this for me. And that's awesome. That is wonderful, wonderful. And then we've got our private client group, which is just a separate thing that we get a client that says, hey, tell me about what this is and how we do it. So we're super excited about the workshop, the date, Lisa. I got to lean on you because I always get it's it. It's September the 12th. Is that right? George, is that right? Yes. The Wednesday, 12th, September, September the 12th. And where are we doing it? We're going to do yeah. it at Top Golf. We're doing it at Top Golf, which is pretty cool. Top Golf, Birmingham, Birmingham. Alabama. Yeah. We have listeners all over the country. Yeah. So. You come to us. Come on in. Top Golf. We'll treat you to a nice dinner if you fly in from outside of the state. Yes. Actually, we'll end up taking everybody. We'll take everybody who comes in. So please come to that. And if you want a download of a video of this topic, we will have it in the show notes. We go a little bit deeper for you. But you need to remember, if you like this topic, this is just one of 21 main sections in our workshop. We cover a lot. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Caged Vision podcast. And don't forget to come back next week to hear more ideas, interviews, and case studies of others who, just like you, are subject matter experts and want more from their business.